Hey Alexa, what's the definition of hustle? To be aggressive, especially in business or other financial dealings. You're listening to the H for Hustle podcast, designed to inspire future entrepreneurs to take the leap from working for someone else to pursue their passions and side hustles and turning them into full-fledged businesses. My name is Jerome Fenton. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with an entrepreneur that has taken that leap. We'll be talking about the lessons they've learned and how they've turned their passions and side hustles into full-fledged businesses. H for Hustle Podcast, welcome back. Another illustrious episode up ahead, guys. Man, I'm really excited about today's episode. But before I tell you all about today's episode, just want to say thank you, guys. Thank you so much for letting me into your ears. Thank you so much for letting me, um, you know, influence and, and, and inspire you guys with this podcast. Um, thank you so much for sharing and telling a friend and telling someone that you know, like or trust about this podcast. Um, thank you so much for sharing on social platforms. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, guys, for texting me. You know, I love that you guys have been texting me and we've been going back and forth. I've really been appreciative of that. Um, You know, sometimes I get caught up and I forget that this idea was just something that was sitting in my head. And, you know, I just started doing it. And then now you guys exist and, we, you know, you're getting inspired by this content. So, you know, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being a part of something that I'm building in a dream of mine. And, and, and you guys just kind of appeared from me building something. So really, thank you so much. Today's episode um, is a little bit different um, than me interviewing somebody. This is uh, me on Kelly Espino's podcast. She did this series back, um, I think, in April um, called Fail Forward on her podcast. And if you guys don't remember Kelly Espino, she was on H for Hustle episode number seven. Um, she became from a social worker to become a spiritual coach. Definitely check out the episode. Ton of energy really high energy really great it's like a roller coaster episode definitely go check it out um such a fantastic story she's such a great storyteller um but this week uh kelly wanted to interview me um and talk about failing forward and talking about failure and i really wanted to put this episode up um on my podcast because you know i think it's so valuable as you guys listen to this you know you hear you know triumphant stories of people quitting their job and 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 starting their own business and i don't really touch too much on the failure just most about their story but you know entrepreneurship is failure and um business is failure and life is consistent amounts of failure um so you know we just wanted to talk about failing forward and she interviewed me and asked me how i dealt with failing forward also stories i've told i told her a couple stories of what i think about failing forward and i don't really think of it as failure i think of it as lessons and i look at it in a completely different way um than most people i'm not really afraid i'm more stuck in a regret form and i don't ever want to regret anything um but i talk about that in this episode and it's just a really great um episode kelly again always comes with high energy so i love her energy from the gate um and this you know was a great episode and i wanted to put it on here so you guys can hear my perspective on what failure looks like and 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 moving forward through failure and how i found processes and ways to help me along the way so please enjoy um this is a this is an action pack episode uh we talk about a lot of things so again please lock in make sure you guys text me um 
my, the numbers in the description. Um, and then also hit me up on all social platforms. M make sure you guys keep sharing, uh, subscribing, um, telling a friend to tell a friend. Um, that's it. Let's get into it. Boom. 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 So let's get this party started in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, Jerome Benson, to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I love your um, energy. <laughs> I am so freaking happy to have you. And this is so long overdue because I know I shared this in the intro, but you, in, well, the episode we did together on your H for Hustle, Hustle yeah. podcast, yeah, inspired this whole idea of a fail forward series. And I thought, who better than you to kick off this fail series. forward series? Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that I could be able to be a part of that. Yes. And this is a big deal, Jerome, because we only had one other man on the podcast and I've been wanting <laughs> more masculine energy on the podcast. Like I've been wanting more male perspectives on the yeah. podcast. And so you're literally couldn't have come at a more perfect time so thank I, you so much I, I hope i bring the proper masculine energy <laughs> <laughs> no you're you're great and i'm right. i'm really super excited to dig into this but before we do all that let us know like what are you up to these times well you know the we're in the era of corona right now so just mm -hmm. kind of in the house um working a lot on the podcast tightening up a lot of little things one of my mentors says um little holes sink big ships so mm -hmm. these are all the times that i'm using to just tighten up all the little holes the little stuff that you put off because you just don't have the quote unquote time mm -hmm. and now we have time so i've just been working on that and it's you know being in the house with the family, I realized that I only have four dishes. I thought I was a really good cook, and I realized I only have four <laughs> dishes now. <laughs> and you don't play. You have three three kids, right? Yeah, three daughters, three girls, yeah. Under all the under age the of? Five, yeah. Five, wow. three, and one, yeah. Wow. So do you have, like, a whole new respect for just being, like, you know, a parent-teacher, like, all the time? Like, no, I mean, not that you're, I feel like parents, you're always on. You're, you never have no yeah. days off. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's on a whole nother extreme. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a very interesting way of making you feel the present moment. Like kids mm. don't know anything else besides like what's going on now. If they fall, they cry, they're in that moment. If they're playing with a the game, they're in that moment. They're watching an iPad, they're in that moment. Mm -hmm. So it forces me to like, when you get down into their world and you get on the floor, you play with Play-Doh, it forces me. That's something that I say all of them have taught me as a parent, like be in the present, like, mm -hmm. you know, because they don't have this future past thing it's like it's right now or nothing you know mm -hmm. and that's something that's been really cool to like see and be a part of because sometimes as adults you kind of get lost in the sauce of you know adulthood yeah they have this really great way of bringing you back to like what's happening now and yeah. they don't care about anything else besides what's happening right now yeah so oh it's such a beautiful lesson and i totally agree with you in regards to the whole time thing now yeah. with the whole oh my god just the other day i i spent like two hours with my mom and we went to like this dance class that was outside and very cdc approved i, I feel like i have to say that because i don't want people to come tack me like you know what i mean like shame me for being out everyone was six feet away from each other <laughs> yeah yeah very cdc approved um but then we went to this park we walked around literally jerome it felt like we were out for like five hours and i went into the car and i was like yo mom it's only been two hours like it, it literally time is such an illusion and you i mean i've heard that before but i didn't really it's like it's real now you feel yeah. Like yeah, 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 it's real. It's so real, and it was like, wow, a lot of great quality time, only two hours, but it felt so much yeah, longer. Yeah. It's 
so crazy. Um, but so Jerome, share us, share with us. I'm like so excited. I can't even talk. Share with us a little bit about your story because I'm such a big believer in your story is your power. So yeah. let us in. Um, so let's go back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came here when I was seven years old. I'm from Jamaica originally. So immigrant to this country, um, grew up here most of the time, but kind of went back and forth to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my life is spent in the Bronx, uh, New York, um, growing up just, you know, there was for me, my brother, me and my two older brothers, my mom and dad, we lived in like a one bedroom apartment for a very, very long time, you know, wow. immigrant life. You're just trying to figure it out and put it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, was like a decent kid through school. And then, and when I got to like, the end of year high school, I was like, I'm not going to go to college. I decided like, it's not the path for me. I just wasn't like a brainiac. I mm-hmm. felt like I had a bunch of common sense, but like not a lot of school sense. So, mm. um, I decided, I uh, told my two friends, I kind of kind of tricked them into it. I was like, hey, you should come and join. We should start a company together, a cleaning company or something. We should do something together. And um, the cleaning company we chose because I, I, it wasn't even Google at the time. It was Yahoo Answers. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> she was business to start. And Yahoo was like, cleaning is a great business. You, all you need is $500. Um, and wow, we had, that's how it started? Yeah, that's how it started. That's it. We had, and we didn't even have $500. What we did was we had 40 bucks collectively. And in Manhattan, there's this, there's a district called the Perfume District. It's like 28th in like Broadway or something like that. Um, and we took the $40 that we had, went down to Broadway, bought a whole bunch of perfume kits, took the train from the two train from Manhattan all the way back to the Bronx and sold them in like barbershops and bodegas and hairdressers. Wow. And, yeah. And we took the profits from that, went back downtown, did that over and over until we got 500 bucks to like start the company. Wow. <laughs> and you were 18 at this time? Yeah, that was 18. And we started the cleaning company. We didn't know a thing. We didn't know anything. Like we were just young little hustler kids from the Bronx just trying to put it together. We had a business card. I actually found our old business card there were so many errors and misspellings on that business <laughs> card. It was crazy. Like, I actually, like, I'm like, I'm going to frame this. It's, it's so bad. The only thing that was right was the phone number. Everything else had misspellings. The company name had misspellings. I'm like, the guy who printed this for us didn't see this to be a problem. Anyway, wow. but we, we handed those cards out and knocked on doors and eventually picked up one client after another, after another, after another. So the first year was literally just to prove to my parents that I could do something, right? Like this proof of concept mm-hmm. um, and to prove to my friend's parents, like, hey, we dropped it. We you said we're not going to go to college, but we could do something. And we decided to, um, we, we did the first year. We just we, I think we had like 12 or 13 clients at the, the friend of first year, but we made no money. Our first client, we walked into an Allstate on McLean Avenue. Never forget this. And we handed them a guy a card. And he said, hey, if you can do it, my, my old cleaning lady quit. If you can take her price, you can, you can have a job. Guess how much she got paid every week? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Like $25 a week. No. <laughs> yeah. So all three, we were like, yep, yeah, we'll take it. So a hundred dollars a month and we visited one day a week and so imagine uh three guys three kids uh, 18 years old getting paid 25 dollars a week that was our first client and we had to and we like literally split 25 dollars three ways like it's no money like eight dollars and change it was terrible <laughs> wow um, and you know we built and built and we figured it out and then we built it up if and, you know time goes by we learned the business got some mentors along the way and built it up and um eventually sold out that business like right around 2008 when the market started dipping we sold um after that i 
kind of just dilly dallied around for a little bit, trying to figure out what the next step was. And then I got into door to door sales, <laughs> started a door to door sales company uh, a year after that. And then uh, my oldest daughter was born and I kind of quit that whole thing. And, and it kind of that's that was a low period for me. I went through a very, very tough time after that because um, my daughter was born. I literally had maybe like a thousand bucks after selling that whole thing, everything off. Um, and I was just like, what do I do next? And I had to like figure out where next steps are. So, you know, bumped around, took some odd jobs, some ins and end jobs to kind of figure it out. Worked at Verizon, worked at this, did a whole bunch of things to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now I'm back on a path of entrepreneurship and H for Hustle is the first step of building like a media education company. Um, and that's what I'm doing right now. Whoa, dude. Like, uh, there's so much in your story that yeah, I don't I, even know I where gave, to start. I gave you the quick version, too, because there's so much in there that we can there, talk about. Oh, my God. So much. There's so many layers in that. So, I mean, there's so much we can go from here. But thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. But let's talk about the Fail Forward series. So, my intention, you know, I shared that with you, is to really, I want the listeners to be able to start shifting their perspective around failure because I feel at the, a lot of the times we don't go after our, our passions or um, we don't want to make a decision. We don't want to make the quote unquote wrong decision because deep down or consciously or subconsciously, we're fearful of failing and mm-hmm. it's totally normal. But I mean, from your story, I mean, I don't know it by details, but I could see like there must have been, you must have dealt with failure, quote unquote oh, failure. We, we failed yeah, I mean, if you, you from from the day we decided to start business, we was failing. We, we we failed every single day, right? So if you think about it, if more attempts of anything, you fail more than you actually win. But you only need to win once or twice, really big, for it to like be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we failed a ton, and you know, one of the biggest things that I learned very very early, what made me want to start the clean company. So my mom's a nurse; she mm-hmm. works in a nursing home, and I remember volunteering at a nursing home. Cause she was like, you should come. They're doing this thing. You can get credits for school. And I was like, anything to not go to school and get credits for it. I'm, I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember being in a nursing home and like being with these people, these older people. And I used to, I, I learned this question that I started asking all of them. And I said, what was your favorite like time, like favorite decade? Was it your twenties, your thirties, your forties, your fifties? Like tell me like your favorite, like, and a lot of people would, you know, talk about like their forties and their thirties and, you know, they, they were, they, people would tell me their favorite decade in their life. Um, but then the more you start talking, the more you start hearing people were like, you know, like, what's some of the mistakes? And a lot of things is they started, you start hearing a lot of regret stories. Mm. Um, I wish I would have, you know, took that job. I wish I would have married Johnny so-and-so. I wish I would have. And regret at an old age in nursing homes, you live with that regret for the rest of your life. And I started at 18 and I was like, man, it seems it's better to just do what you want to do than Mm. to actually be like regretful of something. And from that point on, no one ever, no one in the nursing home ever talked about failure, like how much failures they actually made. They talked about all the stuff they wish they did do or they, they didn't do. And mm. that was the part to me. I was like, I don't want to leave anything on the table. You got one life. And these decades blow by. It seemed like very fast when I started asking them their question. So after that, I just decided, hey, I'd rather fail and try than not fail, at, than not try at all. Because that's the worst part about it. Mm. Because if you fail, you can always recover. Usually, right? You can, you, you, you might lose money. You might lose some people in your life, but you can always recover. But mm. to live with that regret of knowing you didn't try something because of quote unquote failure, it's the worst thing on the planet. So after that, wow. it just changed my whole perspective on taking a risk. 
risk and taking a chance. And I think we pat ourselves a lot with not taking a risk because society makes it so safe. You know, mm -hmm. I'm kind of happy this Corona stuff happens. You start realizing like, Hey, you're not in control, like take a risk, you know, cause mm -hmm. you, again, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Holy shit. First of all, you were a wise ass little 18 year old asking <laughs> those deep ass questions. Like, <laughs> wow. Like that totally was meant to happen. So from 18 years old, hearing that whole, like, Oh shit, I'm not regretting anything. Like yeah. I'm going in. So that mindset, that frame of mind, is that what really helped you with? Yeah, so because, after, after that, after hearing that was the reason why I started saying, let me go take a chance. I always wanted to start a business in, in my heart of hearts. I felt like I was an entrepreneur. I used to read these magazines and books. I used to like want to do it all the time, but you know, the society, your parents, everyone tells you, go for the safe, take the, the job that's going to pay you the most and do the right thing. And all these things that you hear from everyone else in society. And once I went to the nursing home, I started realizing like, Oh shit. Like that's not the game because these people are on their deathbed and that this is the real game. The real game is taking a risk, yeah. taking a chance. Yeah. So let's talk about your immigrant parents. Cause your mom probably was like, damn, I should have never taken him to the nursing no, home yeah, because yeah. No, I know she, you mentioned the first year of your business. You're like proving, like proving to my parents yeah. I can do it, proving, proving. So, so my, how I would, we were berated every day. Like I would, my mom would wake me up and be like, I didn't bring you to America to clean people's shit. Wow. So we used to get creamed out all the time. And I would just stood my guns like, no, that's your life. You do that. I want to do that because if I don't do what I'm going to do, I'm going to be 30 something, 40 something living with the chance. And there's a lot of people that live with that. They live with something they didn't do in their 20s. Now they're 50. And now they're upset at their kids in their own house and their wife because mm -hmm. they still have that thing that they never got off of them. And I never wanted that. So mm -hmm. I, I would rather live with getting screamed at by my parents and trying to, you know, prove everybody wrong than to actually deal with the just chance that I didn't take a shot on my own self. And that's like the shittiest thing. I would never want to not take a chance on me, you know, like. I got only me, so mm -hmm. I got to be, best take a chance on me. So, and, and now, you know, I'm proud. She's a proud son, and they're so proud of all I've accomplished, you know? <laughs> but if I didn't take that chance on myself, would I have heard that from them? I don't know. Wow. Yeah. So throughout your, the entire, like, the first business with the cleaning, did you have any ideas, like, I'm going to just quit, or I'm just going to throw in the towel, or? Oh, uh, hell yeah. Oh, so man. give us, like, the secret so, sauce. Like, how'd you oh, overcome that? So I think a lot of times it's because it was three of us that had the business. We spent a lot of time with each other and we kind of mm -hmm. motivated each other, but I can give you a perfect example of one like thing that, so we were, this was first year in a business. We met this guy who was a, he was a contractor. His name was Juan and he wanted us to clean construction clean. So after they did construction, like post-construction cleanup, we never did it before, but we said, yes, we'll do it. We did the whole job. We started off at 6 a.m., 6 p.m., and we weren't finished till 6 a.m. the next morning. Cleaned this whole thing. And then Juan ghosted on us. We mm -hmm. didn't get paid. We didn't get anything. So we, he just disappeared. He wouldn't pick up our phone calls. Mm -hmm. We didn't know where to reach him. Nothing. We went to buy the office that we thought was his office. It wasn't his office. <gasps> <laughs> and then the lady was like, nah, he was here meeting this guy. He just told you to meet him here. So we oh. thought that was his office. It wasn't. So he ghosted us, right? 
And in that um, moment, like we're worried about like putting gas in the car and like getting to our other two clients that we had at the time. And we were so pissed, so pissed. And I started blaming my other business partner, Kyle. I said, it was your fault. You took this job. You said this guy was cool. Then we start blaming each other, going screaming. That was one moment I felt like quitting because we worked so hard and got ghosted on. But that was business. Mm. Funny story about Juan, though, right? Two years go by, we get a phone call. Hey, Bobby, what's going on? I'm like, who the fuck is who this guy talking to? And he's like, oh, it's your boy Juan. He's like, yo, I'm so sorry about that thing that happened. And I was like about to hang up the phone on this guy. My partner, Kyle, driving on my hand. He starts screaming at him, cursing at him and going crazy on him. And he's like, listen, listen, listen. I got something for you. I got something for you. It's not me. It's not me. I'm working on this place. They need somebody. We go there to this client that he had. We, I was like, hey, listen, it is what it is. Let's go see it at least. If anything, we get to punch him in the face and run away after. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get there. Juan's like, hey, this is the owner. Introduce it to the owner. That place ends up being one of our biggest contracts, $11,000 a month. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what looked like a straight up failure in that moment, we wanted to quit. We figured it out. We fought through it. Two years later, that same guy turned around and gave us one of our biggest clients we ever had in that business. Wow. That yeah. is so beautiful. Have you seen that? Like, is, has that been pretty common in all these so-called failures that there's some benefit either yeah. right away yeah. or... Yeah. Yeah, the older, I, the older I got, the more I replaced the word failure with lesson. I can give you another story. Like, so I fell asleep in the, we had this time, it was like four years in, I was in one of the business vans. We were doing good. We were doing okay. It wasn't great. We were doing okay. Um, we hadn't like quite turned the corner yet. I fell asleep in one of the vans. It was like a minivan that we had, the only van at the time. I fell asleep because we had like these morning networking meetings called B&I would go to. And I was like, I'm not going in. I'll sleep in the car. I'm so tired. I fell asleep in the car. The car was on because it was winter. My foot was on the gas. Mm. <laughs> so the car was revving this entire time while I'm knocked out sleeping. I blow the radiator, blow the mm. engine on the only car that we had. <laughs> it's the crazy. And literally, we had no car. We literally were taking cleaning supplies on the bus to get to our clients or taking my mom's car, my dad's car, which looked like a failure. Eventually, one of our clients was like, hey, I noticed you guys aren't coming in the car. Is everything okay? And we're like, no, the car, you know, I told him the story. He laughed at me. Of course, it was like, what kind of stupid shit? Why did you turn the car off? And I was like, I don't know, man. I was tired. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He eventually had a car for sale. He had a minivan that was a newer model. And we bought that minivan because we had some money. He actually gave us like a slowdown payment to pay him off on it but like wow. that one thing that looked like a failure if we just kept on going and it just turned into a lesson and it was just a thing that taught us going forward and then because of that we were able to have cash reserves in our business there was so much lessons we learned because we were so like cash poor and we didn't have mm -hmm. anything on reserve that we just it was a lesson like losing that engine losing that car was a lesson that we have to have money put aside for certain things and that was mm -hmm. a huge lesson to learn so there's there's i mean i have a million and five of those stories like that you know mm -hmm. like that we just you're just gonna lose so much i think a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about failure before they get started mm -hmm. and you yeah. are gonna fail you are like failing is a part of it but if you replace the word failure with just lesson man, there's a lesson I learned in that. There's, there's a lesson I had to learn in this. There's a lesson. Oh, this was a lesson. Or if you, when you do fail, look for the lesson. Don't look for it being like a massive failure. And again, you don't need to win. 
Mm. You don't need to, you don't need to, you don't need to win everything that you do. You just need to win one time big and that's it. That's all it really mm. takes. Mm. So you got to go through numerous lessons to get to that place. Mm. And a lot of times we don't know what we don't know. So if you're going to go into something, you're going to fail doing it. Yeah. You know? And that was mm. something that we kind of got used to about year two. It was just like, shit. We always used to say to ourselves, what can we control? And what you realize, the only thing you can control is you. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah, facts, yeah, yeah facts. there's nothing else, you know, like it's raining outside, get an umbrella. Like it's, it, there's no money, cool, do more work. Like there's nothing you can really, you control but yourself and your effort. And that's all we really looked at. We learned that lesson very, very early and we just took everything on the chin. Now, did we cry and complain and fight with each other through the process? Yes, hell mm-hmm. yeah. But we mm-hmm. still definitely did learn a lot during that time. I felt like that business was like our MBA. Like we went to we went to college and took our MBA in learning in that business. And I would never, and I'm, re- I'm so happy. I don't regret that experience. I don't ex- regret anything about it. And I'm so happy that I did it and I lived it. And now all of those lessons, if I want to apply for a job anywhere, anyone, every time they see that on my resume, like, tell me about this. And I tell them, the whole story and they're like so you started this company with 40 dollars, and it's you know you're so valuable to them people are like this is amazing so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's one of those things where i i I, people spend so much time regretting and and failure failure is not worth thinking about just start moving you know like funny thing you and i spoke um about starting a podcast i called you right oh yeah oh my god i forgot about that yeah i called you (laughs) because you were like one person that I knew had started a podcast. I was like, Hey, can we talk for a second? And you didn't know me from a paint, a can of paint. You took time to speak with me. And literally like three days later, I was like, all right, got this going. Hey, I would love for you to be a guest and started the ball rolling. Again, I'm failing in this process right now of what I'm building. There's so many failures and so many attempts of trying to get interviews and do things and it's not working out the way I want, but there are a lot of things that are working out. So, but you can't spend so much time dwelling on starting because you're going to fail. Start, the failures are going to happen and you just got to keep going through them. And then you, you just look for the lessons that you have to learn along the way. Mm, wow. Yes. And it's so true. I remember being so blown away. Like, dude, we just talked. Like you yeah. already have the podcast. Like yeah. what? Like, yeah. It, yeah, you went zero to hundred real quick. So everything you're, the gems you're dropping are so powerful. And I love that even before we were on this call, I'm like, not all entrepreneurs listen to my podcast. Like this is everyone, but that these lessons you can apply in every the, single everything. area. Yeah. 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 And then, and, and, you know, like, again, it's, it's one of those things where you just have to move past the fear of it. It's fear. It has nothing to really do with you. It's just that this fear. Mm-hmm. What if you actually, and then, you know, most people don't think, what if I actually succeed at this? Mm-hmm. You know, no, most people say, but what if this goes wrong? We get in cars every day long. The, the likelihood of you getting in an accident is like, a high rate, but we still drive every single day, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're literally in a death machine. You could be die that day and you don't know, but you still take a chance of driving. So it's the same thing. If you can take a chance of getting in a car and you can pass away today, you could take a chance on anything you want to do. If you got the side business, you want to work on it. If you want to go get your master's and you're scared, go get it. Like, mm. you know, money and all the things you're afraid of are just an illusion that's put around you. It's not real. And it's, and trust me, it's worse if you're in that nursing home, being that person that regret not doing that thing, you know, mm. it's going to suck even more. So would your advice, because what I see from your story, from your journey is like, you take massive action, like you just go. So yeah. for the people that are listening to you and they're, they may be self-reflecting on like what they've been kind of fearing and not really taking action on, what advice do you have for them? Literally, 
write down three things you can execute today on whatever your your idea is, right? You want to start a podcast? Cool. Start talking in your phone. Like just take whatever action you can do today. Don't worry about trying to be too fancy. Like, like I could go back to my cleaning business. We knew we didn't have $500, but what did we have? $40. How can we turn $40 into more money? Okay, this perfume part of Manhattan, you can go buy perfume for $10. That means we could buy four of them. We could come back up to town to the Bronx and sell it for 20. So that means we will make 80 of this 40 and then we can go back and keep doing the same thing over. Just start with where you are. Start with what you have, right? Like it's mm-hmm. one of the best shows I love watching on TV is that like Top Chef when they like, you have a zucchini, an apple and a watermelon. Now make it a three course <laughs> meal. Like that's what life is. Whatever is in front of you, you have to take all the things that you have and you have to make a three course meal out of it. And for me, it just start with where you have, where you are and what you have. Just, just write down three things you can do today and start doing those three things. Like if you're like, I want to go get my master's. Cool. What's the three things you could do today? You can go find a college, you can go apply online, right? Or application, or you can go visit them, whatever. Just start something now because the, the action beats that 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 fear that scaredness action beats that all the time because if you take those three actions today you're gonna be like oh shit i feel better i can mm. i maybe i could do this and that will propel you to when you do bump across those failures slash lessons that you can actually you know you can move past it because action beats failure any day of the week mm. and i hear you on that i totally do but i could almost feel some people being like yeah, dude, but it's not that easy. Like, no, I don't have people that support me or I don't have this or I don't have listen, that. And they have no, all these stories. But, but no one's going to support you. No one's going to support me. My own mother didn't support me. My own mother was cursing at me, telling me to go, get a, go, get, go back, go to school and get a real job. I've, I've had, when I started my other business, no one was my friend. When I started with the door-to-door sales, people were like, yo, why are you doing door-to-door? Like, mm. this is beneath you. And I'm like, it's for me. It's not for you. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about support. You know why people don't support you? Because you've been full of shit your whole life and you haven't pulled the trigger on a lot of things. So a lot of times people don't believe you because of your inaction that happened in the past, right? You know, like if you have a spouse that doesn't believe you, probably just been talking too much shit for a long time and never followed through. Now you have to show some action. When people see action, it changes everything. I know it's not the easiest thing. It's not the easiest thing to hear, but it is the easiest thing to get started, right? People are like, I want to lose weight. Wait, cool. What's the easiest thing you could do right now? Go outside and walk. Don't worry about a treadmill. Don't worry about a gym membership. Just, you know, like you mm-hmm. can change. And then once you go for that walk, maybe what you eat tonight, you'll put down those chips or maybe you put down that thing that you normally would eat. That's bullshit for you. Maybe you, because you took that walk, you're like, I like that walk. I like how mm-hmm. I felt after that walk. And then just take steps to like move forward. So write down three things and take action. It's that simple. Cause mm-hmm. again, everything else is just shit you're telling yourself. It's not mm-hmm. really real. Mm-hmm. it's so true what you're saying and it's thinking i'm thinking about a girlfriend that literally just talked about this and she was like an object in motion stays in motion like you know that whole law and yeah. it's so true and i know from my own personal experience there's been times where my financial rock bottom where i literally was like meditating for my life away hours just to be <laughs> saved and when i would do my um practices to connect with like you know my spirit guides or whatever i kept hearing action take action just yeah. mo- like just, just get in momentum and i know even now like if i'm feeling funky or i'm feeling low vibe do I'll, something. 
Yeah, I'll go on Facebook and I'll pull cards, angel cards for people because it fires me up and I like to be of service and it just lifts my vibration or I teach or, you know, like go outside. And it's so true. And I know it could be difficult to hear. I love when you said that because you do make it seem like it's so freaking easy. Like, oh, this is the no, easiest but, thing ever. But it, but it is that easy. If you decide for it to be that easy, right? Yeah, With it, the stories you tell yourself in it, your mind. It, it is that easy. Write down three things and take action. I always tell somebody when they're complaining about something, write down 10 ways you can solve it. That's something I do myself. If I'm complaining about something, it's something that's annoying me as I'm complaining, I'm complaining. I, I don't have any money. I don't, da, 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 I'm broke, whatever the situation is. I write down 10 ways I can solve it. Usually I never come up with 10. I might come up with five. Then that means those three, those five, I can start. Everything else you're telling yourself isn't really real because the one thing you can control is your own action. That's it. That's mm. the only thing you can, your output is the only thing you can actually control, right? You can, mm. if it's raining, are you going to work today or no? Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most people are going to go to work. They're going to wear an umbrella and put a raincoat on. Well, if you're, if it's raining in your life, what can you do to fix that? Put your mm-hmm. raincoat on your umbrella and you still got to go where you got to go. So it's, it's one of those things you just got to like put forth the effort. Mm. And so, Jerome, you you very you fascinate me because I'm like, is this innate within you? Just how you were built, designed, experience, um, or like, I what think, are your practices? Like, how are I you think, this mentally strong? You know what I mean? I think I think I mean I do practice some stuff, and I'll get into that. I think a lot of it comes from like my parents, like immigrant parents that came here when they was 36 and 38. With my, I had like a couple cousins and a couple aunts here, but pretty much we're on our own. Like they're not that far ahead of us success wise. Right. Mm -hmm. So we had to kind of figure it out on our own. We, and I seen them start from zero. Literally my dad left being a bank um, manager in Jamaica to come here and pump gas. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw that buildup of them buying properties and then building themselves up over time. It took 20, 30 years to build themselves over time. So I saw that, like I saw them build something right in front of my face. So I know what's possible. So that helps me push forth. Also, I think it's just watching their mentality. Like, I, I give you a perfect story of like the mentality and where I kind of get it from. My mom, I was having a tough day in door-to-door sales. Like I had lost like five people on my team. It was a cold, rainy day. I was making no money. I was knocking on doors, making no money. And I was like, you know who I'm going to call? My mom. She can give me some nice. I was looking for like a warm, cuddly advice. Comforting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was looking for that. So I called my mom. Hey, how's it going? She's like, oh, I just woke up, you know, I worked last night, blah, 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 blah. And I said, um, you know, I'm rolling. I'm not making any money right now. I just lost this first piece on my team. And I said, you know, I don't know what to do. This is probably not for me. And then she stopped me. She's like, stop right there. And I was like, what? And she's like, you put your shoes on today? Did you get dressed? Did you go to work? And I was like, yeah. So she's like, all right, you put your shoes on and then now go to work. And I was like, damn, what? And she was like, why are you calling me complaining? She's like, you already out there. You already put your shoes on. So go to work. And I was like, all right. And I was hung up the phone like, fuck you, mom. (laughs) I didn't need that from you. Right. But like she was 100 percent right. I already did all the work. I already was there. What are you complaining about? Go to work. So that 
just to answer your question, that's where I think a lot of the mental fortitude kind of comes from, like looking at my parents and looking at, and just the advice, it's harsh advice, you know, it's not the most yeah. warm and cuddly <laughs> shit to hear, but it's a hundred percent right. So I think a lot of my mental fortitude comes from that yeah. and, and, and the, 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 just the fight and the push through, because I literally saw them come here with nothing and I've seen them build lives and being able to help family members and build a house in Jamaica. I seem like it just all happened just mm-hmm. by them putting forth effort so that just shows me if I put forth the effort and I just keep working at it it might take 20-30 years but it's gonna happen Mm. and so I think that's where it comes from that mental it's it's innate but like there probably been many stories like that as a child that just happened and Mm -hmm. I and I wasn't really conscious of it but those stories have been in my head or just my parents say something to me and it just kind of seeps into my head. So I think that's where the mental fortitude and the stick to kind of comes from. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Like the H for hustle podcast, like you're all about hustle your face off. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and it's like, we can uh, like agree to disagree on that. Cause I'm all about alignment and you're about yeah. hustle, but I, I, I get it. And I respect it. Yeah. And I definitely feel like your parents approach worked for you, but not everyone would that approach work for, but I am like blown away and it's really, yeah. I mean, I hear you. It doesn't quite work for everyone. But again, effort does beat a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, action does. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Hustle will beat smarts all the time. If somebody's willing to work their ass off, they probably get further faster. And I'm not saying it's it's for everybody, but there's a piece of it that it's like 70% effort. And the rest of it can work itself out after that. Mm-hmm. I go yeah. back to the whole like an object in motion stays in motion and an object yeah, yeah, at yeah. rest stays at rest. Yeah. Um, when my girlfriend told me that, shout out to Katie. I was like, wow, that's really powerful. I got to remember this. Um, but okay, Jerome, what are your practices? Like what are your disciplines? Like share with us. So I read a book called A Miracle Morning. I recommend everyone to read that, especially I kind of got really like, like picked up on like spirituality at a certain point. My friend Jocelyn, she's like all about like numerology and numbers and we talk and we, every time we jump on the phone it's a two-hour conversation about like spiritual and she reads like um what's the name of that book a seat to soul by marianne wilson and the soul's contract so she put me onto a lot of these books and i started reading them so got very open to like spirituality in a sense but it didn't really quite make sense for me like i got the concept of it but how do i put it in motion so i read this book called the miracle morning just by like going to Barnes and Noble and selling this book. And I was like, ah, interesting. I'll try it. And what the miracle morning is, it's a, it gives you a system of how to operate What the goal. The book is, is wake up an hour earlier than you normally would do. So if you wake up at seven, wake up at six and then you spend, there's something called the savers. You spend time doing these savers, like 10 minutes or 20 minutes, however you want to break the time out. So you, you read, like you meditate, you exercise to a point that you sweat and um, then you affirmations and then you sit in silence. It's like a meditation or whatever. That's kind For of an like, hour? That's all in an hour? Yeah. So you break it down into 10 minute chunks or however you want to break it down. Some people wake up an hour and 30 minutes earlier and then they try to chunk it all together. Because some people like maybe the workout 30 minutes and then they spend 10 minutes on each thing. But however you want to break it down, it just gives you a format. And that blueprint is something that I've been following since like I had my daughter, I read it when I first had my oldest daughter and that's supposed to be my practice. I get up every day before the whole family. I spend time with myself and I give back. I put, you know, cause life is draining, kids are draining. So doing mm-hmm. that helps fill up my tank for the day. And now that I fill up my tank, when I, I'm, when my kids wake up, my wife wakes up, I'm like alert, I'm focused, I'm ready to go. So, <clears throat> so reading that book helped me to start that practice. And then 
it starts you in a 30 day challenge in the book. And then because you could do it for 30 days, then you just continue to do it on from there. So it's called the miracle morning by L no Ron, no L Ron. People Hubbard can Google it. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But how do you stay disciplined because I'm consistent. Is there um, any secret sauce there? Yeah. I forgive myself. Mm, <laughs> I like that. Um, because there's moments where I couldn't do it or I'm traveling or whatever it is, but I forgive myself. I'm just like, Hey, listen, it's, it's okay. And it's all right. And then I just move on to the next day. That's it. That's one of the biggest things that I learned is just forgiving myself because I'm the hardest critic on me and I just forgive myself a lot. Like, so if, when I, within discipline, if you don't keep up with the discipline, let's say you go 10 days straight during the miracle morning and you miss one day, most people take that one day and it throws the whole monkey wrench. And for me, I just said, Hey, listen, one day doesn't beat 10 days. Mm. No problem. I'll start again tomorrow, you know, and start again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just forgive mm-hmm. myself. It's okay, Jerome, like certain things are out of your control this morning, or maybe you were up late last night and you just didn't set your day up. It's okay. And then just move on. So I've just learned to forgive myself and, you know, just realize that there's more effort being put in on one side than the other and things are going to happen. And I just learned to forgive myself. It, it, trust me that I'm simplifying that, but that was a huge thing for me to learn, mm. like how to forgive yourself in the practice of trying to do things. Wow, dude, you like you're you surprise me. You you have so much depth to you. Even when I was on your podcast, I was like, "Damn, like you, there's so much depth to you." I was not expecting that. I was not expecting forgiveness as it, but that I'm aligned to that. That feels so right on time and so perfect. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that advice with us. I have a follow up question, which is mm-hmm. not actually related to that. It's completely okay. separate. Um, you. If you can share with us a rock bottom, the first that comes to your mind, because I'm sure you've experienced many rock bottoms, can you kind of like paint us the picture of like the rock bottom and then like how you overcame it, like what lessons you learned from it or? Okay, Um, right, my oldest daughter, um, like things with the door-to-door sales company were kind of like slipping already and then she found out she was gonna be born and then, you know, the whole process and then she was born and then I just had to make a decision like, this business is so intensive on time and the type of dad that I want to be and the type of dad I grew up with, you know, I just, it just didn't align. So I kind of had to get out of there. Um, so I sold off everything, got out. And I think I had like a thousand dollars in my name with a new baby. <laughs> and I literally just, I, I, I fell into a really shitty place. Like I was like bad, bad, bad. I, I would drink, I'd just go buy like Moscato $3 Moscato wine, like drink wine and just to fall asleep because I would think about so much. Mm-hmm. I started smoking a lot, smoking a lot of weed just in that time. And then I'm trying to be like a dad at the time. And I don't know what I'm doing, doing that. And I was at a shitty place for like three months, just like feeling sad for myself. And this business is done. And this girl, this little girl's going to look at me like a fucking loser and all mm. these things that I was telling myself. And, you know, it was just one day where I was like, Jerome, you're fucking Jerome Fenton. The fuck is wrong with you? It's just like, it was just like a day. I was just like, what the fuck is wrong? You know how much shit you didn't accomplished already? This is, this is not going to fucking break you. And I told myself that, and it didn't turn around that day. It took like another, like I was telling myself like that the whole week. And there was moments where I went to Epson flows up. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking Jerome Fenton. And I'm like, no, you're a piece of shit. You're Jerome Fenton. Like I went through like these ups and lows, mm-hmm. these highs and lows with it. And then I, that's where I found that Miracle Morning book. And I just like dove, dove into it and started reading that book. And I was like, you know what? I got nothing else to lose. This pity party shit ain't really working. 
and I don't, I know I don't feel good about it. So let me try something else. And that book, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do the 30 day challenge and I'll try it. And just doing those, like spending time with yourself, praying, running, working out, like getting back into like a, some sort of mental routine. It was mm-hmm. like in one week of doing that, I was like, oh shit, I feel so much better. Mm. And, you know, I started applying for like, I was like, you know what, let me start looking for jobs and start feeling sorry for myself. Like, I, I had because I, I went through this thing of like I'm an entrepreneur you don't work for somebody else blah blah mm-hmm. blah I went through this whole like defeating thing and I was like you know what right now this the world is not the way you want it to be but you can probably go get a job so I made a resume on canva.com and just started sending them out and I just kept on doing that miracle morning every day every day and I just started getting back and I stopped drinking at nighttime and I stopped smoking and then it was just like is I started to feel more and more and more like myself. And the fact that I kept on being more and more consistent, it gave me this confidence that I just started rolling and rolling and rolling. And then got a, I went on a couple interviews, got a job at Verizon, things started getting better. I started feeling better myself. All of a sudden, my kids and everybody around me is happy. You know, the, my baby feels like she's happier because mm-hmm. I'm happier. But, you know, yeah, <laughs> in my yeah. mind, it was just like, oh, she loves me. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the dad she needed me to be. And uh, that was the thing that kind of got me rolling. But it, wow. was, it, it was like three months of, like, being in a sad fucking place. It was really mm-hmm. sad. Like, I just uh, and and I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I was isolating myself. I did a lot of like dumb shit within that time, but I just had to realize like hey, you have to. The book was the thing that that book really turned the corner for me, and and like it really helped me to give me some sort of routine to get me back. And that's why I stick to it so much because it literally caught me at like the lowest of my low, and wow. it brought me out of that. Yeah. So wow, such a divine intervention. How you yeah. had a, a, a bookstore and it yeah. just got your attention like hello divine intervention and yo i can't even imagine yo shout out to your wife because i can't imagine giving birth hormones all crazy husband like going through like a rock bottom and like i can't even imagine yeah yeah. and there was nothing she could help me with you know Mm -hmm. i was it was all me i had to help myself within that time so the process is what i'm hearing is so releasing the victim energy being like enough is enough i am not this person blah 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 creating the morning practice with the book acceptance uh-huh. kind of accepting the fact that right now i may not be a notch a boss but it'll, i will get there like yeah, yeah. i have to do what i have to do in this time right taking action by like applying you know putting yourself out there being consistent in all your practices gaining that confidence gaining the experience and then just being open to creative downloads to do your own things yep powerful that's that's exactly what it is you nailed it on the head with different and better language but no i I love to do that because (laughs) i love to like extract people's stories with steps like steps and step-by-step processes so thank you so much for sharing last question and then you can tell us where we can find you and all that good stuff is that this is called the empowered you podcast so when's the last time you felt truly empowered and why Hmm, that's a really interesting question. I should have knew this was coming because I listened to your podcast. <laughs> um, last time I felt, uh, that's my kids in the background, guys. It's, it is quarantine time, so. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I even told Jerome before we got on this podcast because he mentioned his kids. I'm like, I like that. It's real shit. This is authentic. Like, this is real life right now. So, yeah. go on. Um, when was the last time I felt empowered? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. Um, it's, there's a lot of mood moments. I don't like, well, the first one that comes to your mind and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be business, anything. Um, 
I would say there's moments, it, it, again, it comes and goes, so there's different moments, but um, mm-hmm. I think I was like, I, there's one of these days I took like all the kids, um, the baby, everybody to like trampoline zone with like, my my wife, I just gave her a whole day. I was like, go get your hair done, get your feet done. Like, let me give you a day. <laughs> and because she was like, you know, um, stressed out with just everything. And mm-hmm. I was like, just go spend a day on yourself and just go hang out, whatever. Um, and I took my kids to, there's a place in Jersey, Palisade, Inter- Palisade Interstate Park. Mm-hmm. I took them to Trampoline Zone and I took them to Palisade Interstate Park. And it was like one of those moments where I felt like I like taught them a lesson. Like it was, like I was able to like talk with them. Obviously they're five, three and one. It's not mm-hmm. like you can have these thought provoking conversations, <laughs> but to me, there was a moment where I just felt like super connected to them. And they, mm-hmm. I felt like they were connected to me. And in that moment, I felt like super like on top of it, like, man, I'm running my family. I'm running, I'm running shit right now, you know? Yeah. And that was like a, that was like one moment I'd say, I definitely felt like really empowered. And I felt like, in that moment, I feel like I know what I'm doing. I got this, you know, to yeah. put him back in the car and they start screaming and crying. But anyway, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, that was like, a, I guess the one moment I felt like I was like on top of it and it had nothing to do with business. I just felt like I felt like a, a, a good dad in that moment. Like it was validation in my sense. Like, you know, looking back at like being that guy depressed, like after that to now having three little ones and being like on top of it and controlling them, controlling the day. I just felt good about that. Dude, that's huge. That's, I feel like parents always feel like they're failing. They always feel like mom guilt, dad guilt, not good enough. Blah, blah, blah. So that's yeah. powerful. Yeah, Thank that, you for that, sharing. That's I'm glad huge. You... I know it doesn't have much to do with business or anything, but that's one of those moments. Yeah. No, I'm glad it doesn't. This is not a business <laughs> podcast. You know, I'm glad. It's just in me. It's in me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But okay, so where can we find you? All that good stuff. Um, H for Hustle is the podcast. We're on all platforms. We're also going to be, we're on YouTube by the end of today. Every episode is going to be on YouTube. Um, the website is being built in this quarantine time, the time of Corona. So the website is going to be built. It's hforhustle.com. It's not built yet, but um, H for Hustle is the podcast. Listen to me there. The goal with that is to inspire someone like sitting on the sideline that want to take a chance. And we interview people like Kelly and different people who've taken that they went for the corporate escape and they started something and did something of their own. And it's not just, you know, one story. It's people who start charities, people who start different type of companies. So it's just not one story. And eventually it's going to be more and more, you know, educational pieces to it as we keep on growing. But, you know, we'd love you guys to come over there, take a listen, you know, send me some feedback. If you think it sucks, you think it's good, you know, send some feedback. I would love that or what I can improve on. I'm also always looking for feedback. Awesome. Awesome. And then um, everything's in the show notes, your Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah. Instagram, yeah. I am Jerome Fenton, H for Hustle Podcast. Just, that's the Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Everything can catch me, Jerome Fenton. Awesome. Jerome, yeah. thank you so much. This ex- exceeded my expectations. <laughs> so thank you for being so raw, vulnerable, transparent, for really, I love the perspective shift with failure to regret. I love the practices you shared. I love the stories you shared. You're a really good storyteller. And just thank you, man. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. And, you know, keep doing your thing. Um, you know, you, you, were, you were a motivator and a, and a, and a, and a reason why I kind of got started. So, and I always am keeping an eye on you. I'm like, she's going to take off. I'm just gotta, <laughs> I got to make sure I stay close. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. I'm, like, I totally received that. My heart feels so full. Like, I honor that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, so, Sunshines, there you have it. Fail, fail Forward Series Part 1 with Jerome Fenton. You are so in for a treat. This was amazing. And it's just, 
I'm so I'm so excited for this series. And shout out to Jerome because it literally came when we were connected on his podcast. So, and you're on my podcast because I replayed that episode, episode 20, 28, which mm -hmm. I can link in the show notes so you guys can check it out. Um, but that is a wrap for us. I'm sending you all so much love, light, and positive vibes. Till next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>